Good morning. Last Sunday, I want you to know, last Sunday, I looked at the attendance for the two services. You know, the attendance is listed in the bulletin for the combined services. But I looked to see because it seemed to me like, and I was correct, that there was more people at our church at the 9 o'clock service, but where did they all go? <laughs> then there was at the 11 o'clock service last week, and uh, I, I was telling them in the staff meeting this week that maybe we should have a friendly competition, see who can, who can have the most people in which service. But uh, just so you'll know, you outnumbered the 11 o'clock service last Sunday, which uh, I think is um, unusual, but also encouraging to me because uh, I, I like uh, both services and I think, I hope I want them to be strong. Okay, as we do our announcements, remember, raise your hand to usher if you need a prayer card. Also, raise your hand to an usher if you need a reservation card for, for the Consecration Sunday. is next Sunday. Next Sunday we'll have one service at 10 o'clock. Uh, it'll be in the sanctuary, and then we'll come over here and have a meal. And this is the reservation card for the meal. When it's being catered, so we kind of need to have a good idea who's coming to eat. So the ushers have these cards. If you haven't signed up on uh, already, raise your hand and the usher will give, get you a, one of these cards. But remember, next Sunday at 10 o'clock, one service. So if you come early, if you come at 9, you'll, you can probably help fix the tables for the, for the food. But uh, we hope you'll all be here next Sunday. Now, Consecration Sunday is when we take time to prayerfully consider how we will pledge our money to support this church and all the aspects of, of, that have to be funded. Everything from the lights. I think you all would be amazed how much it costs us just to have lights and heat and air in our buildings. Uh, all, the, all the staff costs, all the programming costs. Every activity you've ever been involved in here at this church, there's an expense to it. It all comes out of our budget. And so please prayerfully consider what you will give to support the budget next year. And trust me, there is no extravagance in our budget. And there's no extra, for example, uh, the ex my salary, for example, is frozen. So you're not, you're not giving money to help me have a raise, okay? You, I want you to, but you're helping to support the overall ministry of this church and it's a lot of different things and so please Sunday prayerfully consider how you will pledge your money there is uh, we still need some help with the Thanksgiving basket project Don Lewis spoke to you last week about that it's thirty dollars provide a Thanksgiving meal to someone less fortunate than yourself if you want to to uh, help with that, just mark an envelope or something with that. Also, um, tonight our regular Sunday night programs for the kids will continue on schedule, but they meet in the upstairs in the Family Life Center because as you know, the social hall is under construction. We're gonna have someone, we're gonna have uh, Mitch come up and speak to us um, just for a moment about what this church means to him and why he supports it. But before I do that, I want to recognize our veterans. And let me just tell you that World War I 
ended on 11-11-1918. And that's where Veterans Day originated. That was Armistice Day. It was declared a holiday in 1919 by Woodrow Wilson. It was declared a legal holiday by Calvin Coolidge in 1938. And in 1954, it transferred from being Armistice Day to Veterans Day. And today is Veterans Day. And I'd like for all, if we have any veterans here, first have the veterans stand up. Any veterans, stand up. We've got some veterans, y'all stand up, okay? Now y'all stay up for a second, stay up for a second. Do we have anyone here who's a widow or a child of a veteran? A child of a veteran? Okay, all right. Look around, now look around, you see? Now let's appreciate these veterans. There's a Uh, Mitch, have you come up? And when Mitch gets through, we'll begin our service together. You'll have to use that mic right there, so you'll have a mic. Am I on? All right, good. Hi, I'm Mitch Merrill. I've been going to church here for about four years. Um, my wife is presently the secretary for the finance or in the. Sunday school class I go to. Uh, my daughter participates in youth very actively. And my youngest daughter, Bridget, over there, is on the basketball team and is very active in the church as well. So my, my family gives their time. Um, the finance committee has asked me to talk about stewardship today and what it means to me and my family. Um, I think it means more about time. Um, I hope that everybody realizes that, that time is just as important as money, right? Um, I presently am supposed to be in the nursery. I volunteer in the, the nursery as well, um, which I think is where you'll see God at work the most. So if uh, you ever have an opportunity, and I think they're looking for people in the new year to do that, so I hope that you do that. It's been really rewarding for me personally. So once again, from my perspective. Um, they wanted me to talk about what I give and why I give what I give. Um, I give because of the blessings that I see in this church, and I wanted to recognize uh, some of those today. I'll speak about this band back here. Um, I think that Andy, Kelly, Greg, Foster, our sound technician, um, and everybody associated with the, the sound and the, and the music, the beautiful music that we get every week is just a blessing. And then our money that we give goes towards that. Um, I think that... Uh, this gym, this fellowship, this, this opportunity to have this is a remarkable thing that we benefit from, from past folks giving money and time. And there's a lot of time that goes into this. Um, I think that Hank Pennington and all the folks that provide for the maintenance and for the services to beautify this campus are just remarkable. And that our money goes towards that. I think that sometimes... I can see those things. I take a little bit of a less step sometimes. I'm a really fast-paced person. But stop and smell the roses. Remember your money goes towards that stuff. It's really important. And I, I think you'll see it more when you volunteer more, when you're here more than just on Sunday morning. I come on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. And it's just, it talks to family. So as soon as you start to make the church feel like family, 
you won't even think twice about giving your time and your money towards the church. And that's how I approach it. So last thing, um, money is the means to God's ends. So that's one of my philosophies. You'll see God at work when you give your money in the right places. So thanks. Will you stand? Let's sing together. You stood before creation, eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth into motion, my soul now stands. You stood before my failure. Carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulders. My soul now. So what can I say? What could I do? But offer this heart. Walk upon salvation, your spirit alive in me. This life to declare your promise, my soul bounds. So, what can I say? What could I do? Offer this heart, oh God, we need you. So what can I say? What could I do? Offer this heart, oh
completely to you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we do. We stand in awe of you this morning. We stand in awe of all the, the things that you give us and all the things that you do for us and your grace and your mercy, Lord. Things that we don't deserve. We just come humbly before you this morning and we thank you, Lord, for all of the many blessings that you bestowed upon our lives. Lord, help us just to give back to you today, to give back to you with hearts open and full of your love. Help us just to come and worship your name and praise you higher than any other name. And Lord, help us to just spread that love, your love, to everyone that we meet. In your name I pray. Amen. Today I found myself After searching all these years And the man that I saw He wasn't at all who I thought he'd be well, I was lost when you found me here and I was broken beyond repair and you came along and you sang your song over me feels like i'm born again feels like i'm living for the very first time for the very first time Your promise to me now Reassure my heart somehow That the love that I feel Is so much more real than anything oh, I have a feeling in my soul And I pray that I'm not wrong That the life I have now is only the beginning Feels like I'm born again Feels like I'm living For the very first time For the very first time Feels like I'm Looking for something that was more than what I had yesterday When you came to me and you gave to me life and love That I'd never known, that I'd never felt before It feels like I'm born again Feels like I'm living for the very first time. 
living for the first time. your neighbor tell them good morning and if children if you'll join me on the carpet for our children's sermon something to show you. Thanksgiving's coming, right? Thanksgiving's coming. You get to take a little time off of school. I'm very excited about that. And we get to spend time with our family and friends, and we get to eat turkey. turkey. Some of you may not eat turkey, but we eat turkey on Thanksgiving at our house. I love turkey, too. And um, have you ever made a turkey? Caroline made this turkey with me yesterday, and we worked pretty hard on it, and we made all these feathers, these colorful feathers. Um, if you've ever made a turkey and um, you've made all these feathers before, I bet you have had to write on your feathers at some point in time. Somebody has asked you what you are thankful for. Have they ever, anybody ever asked you, what are you thankful for? And you have to write some things on the feathers. We didn't do that on this turkey, but we have other turkeys at our house where um, I'm kind of making the kids think about what they are thankful for and write some things down on some feathers. And Eli's got lots of things on his feathers. He's got things like, I'm thankful for mom and dad, and I'm thankful for my friend Austin, and then Caroline's got, I'm thankful for TV, and all the kinds of things that we're thankful for. There are lots of things in our lives that we are just blessed to have, and we need to thank God for those things. I think, um, I'm trying to remember, I think at one point in time, you guys sang a song with Miss Jessica, and, um, and you had to say, um, give thanks with a grateful heart. Did you sing that one time? I think you did, and I think of that song a lot of times at Thanksgiving, um, give thanks with a grateful heart. And um, I'm going to ask you another question. Have you ever heard, I'm probably, you probably have, of Facebook? Okay, I think your parents, some of your parents might be doing it. It's kind of a, you know, kind of like the cool thing to do, um, to get on, get on Facebook and kind of see. Well, the cool thing about Facebook and in, in, um in the month of November is a lot of parents and adults write down every day something that they're thankful for. And, um, and it can be anything. I've put that I'm thankful for my children. I've put that I'm thankful for clean sheets. I've put that, you know, tomorrow, probably Monday morning, I might be thankful for coffee. You just never know. You never know. Well, I want to challenge you today. I want, to give your, I want you to give your parents a little bit of homework, okay? Not homework for you, but homework for your parents. I want you guys to try to remember every morning or every night to ask your parents what they are thankful for. Now, they don't have to make a turkey and do the feathers and all of that, 
But I want you to maybe ask them what they are thankful for. And that gets all of us thinking together about the many things that we are thankful for and the things that God blesses us with so that we can learn to give thanks with that grateful heart. Can you do that? Can you bug your parents every day and ask them what they're thankful for? Good. Bridget's got it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Will you repeat after me, dear Lord? Thank you so much for all of the things that you bless us with. Help us to have a thankful heart. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty, merciful God, our souls thirst for you both day and night. You give us everything we need for fruitful living. And we have come into this place of thanksgiving to offer praises to your holy name and sing songs to you and to offer our praises and petitions. We humbly come before you, O Lord, reminding ourselves that by the grace of baptism you adopted us as children. You made us heirs to eternal life, incorporated us into your family, which we call the church. And yet we must confess this day, O God, that we become forgetful people. We do not honor you. We take great delight in showing off our works to gain the approval of others and forget that our privilege is to do works in your name and for your glory alone. Forgive us our selfish ways, make our works live. We know the good news of Christ. We know how he has entrusted us with the mission to spread the, his word throughout the world. So we pray, O oh God, this day when we leave this place that you'd send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit to accomplish your task with joy. We pray this day, O oh Lord, we lift up before you uh, those um, who may have tears because of suffering whose souls may be cast down for want of peace in their hearts and minds. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd pay special attention to all our prayers that we've written, spoken, and in our hearts. And especially we pray for the healing and safe passage for our sister Wanda. We pray this day for David and Kathy, 
and the girls and the entire family. It has been one year today that Josh has been gone. We pray this day for my wife for peace. We pray for Tom. We pray for Joan. And we pray for all others that are in our hearts now. Answer us, O merciful God, for our prayers are joined with the one who stands before you in heaven, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray when we were together these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, folks, I decided to go back to the Old Testament for a brief look at somebody that always fascinated me, and that's David. As most of us know him as, as King David. And so... If you will pay attention with me to the second Samuel, book of Samuel, second book of Samuel, chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you are the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. And so when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. And David was 30 years old when he began to reign as king, and he reigned 40 years. He reigned first in Hebron for seven years over Judah, seven years and six months. And then after he moved the capital to Jerusalem, he reigned over all of Israel and Judah for 33 more years. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to see that we can learn lessons even from ancient times, even from someone that might seem remote to us, uh, King David of Israel. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, if, if you know anything at all about your children's stories and, and uh, about David, you know that uh, David was, has been described one place in Scripture as a, as a man after God's own heart. Uh, you know that David is the one who battled Goliath. You know that David was a shepherd boy. You know that David is an unlikely character to end up as king. And yet he did end up as king. And you might say that in today's reading, he's on top of the world. He's on top of the world. In fact, the scripture later says that David grew greater and greater even than this. So here we have David in his... 30 and in his 30s, sitting on top of the world, the king of all Israel. 
master of all he surveys. And even though we know the Bible stories and we know that there's some trouble ahead for him, at this point in his life, David is on top of the world. He had to feel great. He had to feel wonderful. He had to feel like everything was working just like he wanted it to work. And so the question I have for you today is this. We know that our faith has a lot to say to us when we're in trouble. We know that. We know that when we're facing a crisis, uh, when we're taking on our own version of Goliath, for example, or when we've lost a friend or a loved one, we know that our faith has a lot to say to us in the tough times. But does our faith, here's the question that I want to try to answer today, does our faith have anything to say to us when things are going well, when we've realized at least some of our plans and dreams, when life is feeling pretty good, does our faith have anything to say to us when we're on top of the world? Well, I think it does, and I'd like to share with you four short things to remember when you find yourself on top of the world. You see, for most of us right now, this moment in time, we're on top of the world. Things are going pretty good for us. We, 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 if they, we, have, we can probably look and think of many reasons to be thankful, as Kelly told us. We feel all right. We feel thankful. We feel good. So the first thing I want you to remember is this. When you're on top of the world, remember where you came from. When you're on top of the world, remember where you came from. I can imagine that David must have took time somewhere as he was sitting on his throne, reflecting on all that was his. He must have thought about those days when he was a shepherd boy, when he had to, to fend off the, the attacks on his flock, uh, when he had to sleep many nights all alone out in the outside, out of doors. Now he was in this wonderful palace. You know he had to think about that time when he wasn't really sure positively, but he had to go up before a giant, the Goliath. You know, you know that there were th times in his life that he had to have remembered now that he was on top of the world. And I think it's really, really important for us if we're enjoying any kind of success at all, if we're enjoying any kind of good times, if anything at all is going right in your life right now, it's important for us to take time not just to be thankful, but to remember what you had to go through to get to where you are today. Remember what you had to go through to get to where you are today. Uh, many of you in here hold advanced degrees. I know, thank and undergraduate degrees and advanced degrees. Think about all the hard work you had to do to get to those degrees, which now causes many of you to have your employment. You know, it's important for us to appreciate and be thankful, but it's really, really important for us to remember what we had to go through to get to where we are. And it helps us to appreciate what we have now even more if we just think about what we had to go through. Now, sometimes we'll all, even when we're on top of the world, we'll, we'll fall into that trap of wishing we had a something else. You know, we can't just be satisfied to be on top of the world. About three years ago, Brenda and I bought a house, a modest house down in Simpsonville to retire to someday when we retire. Sometimes 
I will be sitting in my house and I will hear the neighbors who live pretty close to us. Uh, and I think, oh, only if I'd had the money to buy a house with about 10 acres of land around it. So I didn't have to listen to these neighbors. And whenever that happens, a little thing goes off in my mind, but remember where you come from. And so then I start remembering of all those times that I lived in a dorm with, in our, my particular case, three people was in the dorm. It was only made for two. Y'all, any of you had that experience? I remember the apartments, talk about razor thin walls. I remember even one time when we, the only place we could rent was a house trailer. And so if you just remember where you come from, you'll, you'll know how to be grateful for what you have. So remember where you come from, that's number one. Number two, second, remember who got you here. Who got you here? How did you get here? You know, there's an old saying that says, if you see a turtle on the top of a fence post, there's a good chance it didn't get up there by itself. David didn't get to where he was by himself. Scripture says that the, God, the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. God is ultimately the one responsible for any success David has or any success that we have. And there are other people along the way that's helped us. There were people who helped David. For example, his friend Jonathan saved his life. Abigail fed David and his men while they were in the wilderness and were hungry. If you find yourself in a good place in life, don't forget to stop and thank God and the people who helped you along the way because there were numerous people who helped you along the way. There's a song called, You Raise Me Up, and the chorus goes like this. I quote, you raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong, and when I am on your shoulders, you raise me up to more than I can be. We need to remember, remember, if we are standing on the mountaintop, it's because someone helped get us up there. We need to remember all who helped us along our journey to be to where we are today. Thirdly, remember why you are here. Why you're here. David got to where he was as king over all of Israel not because he was smarter or better looking or braver. David was in that position because God had chosen him for a special purpose. Psalm 78 tells us that purpose. God chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance, so shepherd them according to the integrity of his heart and guiding them with his skillful hands. God chose a shepherd to be a shepherd over God's people. God chose David. David looks around and sees all that he can see and he's on top of the world, but he needs to remember that he's there for a reason. God has placed him there for a reason. You are here for a reason. And David, as we know, became a shepherd over the people of Israel. In fact, he was a good shepherd for many years. 
And then he forgot. He forgot why God had made him Israel's shepherd. So look, here's the thing. If the goodness, if you're enjoying the goodness of life right now, remember that God has put you in this place for a purpose. You are in this place for a purpose in your life so you can serve God and God and serve others. God blesses you to be a blessing. And if you are willing, if you are willing, God can use you for divine purposes anywhere, anytime. So remember why you are here. Remember why you're here. And fourth and finally is this. When you're on the top of the world, when everything's going the way it's supposed to be, don't forget that the top of the world can be a perilous place. Don't forget that the top of the world can be a perilous place. You know, it's also important that while you're on your way to the top of the world that you don't pay too high a price. Not only should you not forget those who helped you along the way, but you shouldn't neglect the people and the things that are truly important to you. And don't be like the person who said, I spent my whole life climbing the ladder of success only to find it was leaned against the wrong building. I'm going to repeat that one. That's good. You can take that home. I spent my whole life climbing the ladder of success only to find it was leaned against the wrong building. That's exactly the way I felt. 20 years ago before I followed my call in the ministry. You know, no one ever dies wishing that they'd spend more time at work. You ever heard anybody on their deathbed say that? Remember when you get to the top of the world that it's a perilous place and don't forget those who helped you get there. Don't forget and don't let the sins of pride and dishonesty and adultery find you. Far too many people get to the top of the world and get to a place of success and tragically one of those sins manifests itself in our life. Now look, being on top of the world, being successful, and having things going just right at this particular moment in your life doesn't mean necessarily you'll fall into one of those traps. What I'm telling you is you must be on the lookout and you must be careful. Because the scripture says the devil prowls around like a lion looking to devour someone. How many times do we see this? Someone makes it to the pinnacle of success and then they fall into one of these traps. So we must be on the lookout. We must always be careful. So here, let me recap real quick. If we'll just remember where we came from. Where we came from. Every one of us are at a place today better than where we were before. If we just remember who helped us to where we are. All those folks along the way who helped you, who encouraged you, who offered a hand to you, 
who stood behind you and backed you, who worked so you didn't have to work, helped you to where we are. Makes me, and while you're there, why you're there, don't forget why you're there. Now that you've made it, don't forget why you're there. Because God can use you as an effective servant. So remember where you came from. Remember who helped you along the way. Remember God has a purpose for you. Wherever you are. And remember when you get to the top. Remain faithful. And be careful. And be watchful. For those perils. That are around you. Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we continue our worship with our giving.
sing together. At the stars in the night, I wonder. At your lightning in the sky, I shudder. Your glory is a blanket that covers every I'm in awe at the majesty of who you are. Your love is a seal burnt inside my heart. All of the day I want to be where you are, Holy Father. And it feels like there's not enough praise inside of me. With all these words, all my heart can sing is holy. You are holy. Jesus Christ, you pledge your love
Your love is a seal burnt inside my heart. All of the day I want to be where you are, Holy Father. And it feels like there's not enough praise inside of me. All these words, all my heart can sing is holy, you are holy. Jesus Christ, you pledge your love, laid down yourself and gave me life. In naked shame you hung and you were lifted high. So here I of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen.